inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. Yes, it's time for the season premiere of In the Garden with Peter Burke here on WDEV. It's brought to you today by Menard's family-owned True Value Store, Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop, Main Street, Waitsfield. By Clawson's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, Main Street, Colchester. By your locally owned Montpelier Agway Farm and Garden on East Montpelier Road. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber in Middlesex, St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton, and Derby. Sticksandstuff.com By Guy's Farm and Yard Stores in Morrisville, Montpelier, Williston, and St. Albans. By P&R Lumber, family-owned lumber mill with all the lumber, mulch, and compost you need. Route 15 in Walkett. By the Willie's Store in Greensboro, celebrating 120 years of family ownership. By Dandelion Acres Garden Center at uh, Vermont 107 in Bethel, Vermont. And by Poly Construction, a contractor you can trust. One call does it all. Gregory Drive in South Burlington. And right now, here is the star of our show, back again, Peter Burke. Welcome. <laughs> well, thank you, Joel. It's sure good to see you. Good to hear you. And, uh, well, we're back. You know, there's, there's, uh, frosting on the, on the mountains still. I noticed as I was driving in some of the higher elevations still had a little snow frosted over them. And I know my garden is covered with snow right now. It'll probably be gone by tomorrow from what Roger says. But, um, poor man's, uh, manure. I guess I'll just say thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> and, yeah, every week I've been coming in wondering when I should plant my potatoes, and instead I get a couple of guys telling me they, I should insulate my attic. So. <laughs> Actually, we, <laughs> we salute the house call of much guy. We have, we have so much fun. I, I enjoyed this time. that show quite yeah, a bit. It, you know, uh, but, uh, well, potatoes, yes, uh, another, uh, another couple of weeks anyway. Well, no, really, uh, uh, well, where you are, you could probably do it yeah, as the first week in May, yeah, really. Yeah. yeah. But boy, do I have a problem this year I haven't had in 30 years. Yeah. This is the first year, no sign of my rhubarb patch. It really? Just, yeah. I mean, I, I had harvestable rhubarb last year, and something happened over the winter. I have no idea what it was. That That's hard to believe. It right? is, yeah. Oh, you know, the only thing I can think of is... Uh, is either the chipmunks or voles or um and I have plenty of them. Yeah, yeah. And uh there's they can be, you know, very lush delicious roots down there and if they found it they may well have just brought in. I, I think that might have might be the case because or it could be that it's been dry. We've had a very dry spring from from my reckoning. And that they just haven't come up yet, but um, well, I, not a sign of them. No, usually not I even have a those, sign. Yeah, those, those, those red little red clumps yeah. down there. But, yeah, you know, 
you know, er, you know, eager to, to burst forth, but it's no sign well, of it. Well, remind me, and I'll bring you in a couple of roots if oh, you that, want. That, that would be great, actually. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, 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 th- I think it was the, the rodents because, as you know, I have this uh, strange, uh, you know, paradox of <laughs> wanting to harvest things out of my garden, and I yeah. feed all the critters. I do know. know I'm aware of yeah, this, yes. So, uh, Everybody said, boy, there were a lot of chipmunks last year. Mm. I had a trillion chipmunks. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. there were chipmunks. Absolutely. Too. And yeah. so, uh, you know, yeah. when when things got a little scarce, I just figured they probably just headed to where there was uh, more eats. Yep. But uh, what a strange thing. I mean, I, they came from I, my grandfather's farm in Jersey years ago. And, never uh, seen it. Uh, yeah. You may see them a little later on. It could be that uh, – and they will do this. They'll eat the tops. You know, and not necessarily the the bottom. So well, I'm, I'm hoping for something because yeah. I, I certainly will uh, cultivate anything that does show up just yeah. for the sentimental value. Oh, of my, for from sure. Me, from my grandfather's I, garden. I hear you. That's yeah. yeah, absolutely. The fiddleheads look like they want to burst. They're all there. They're going to take over. <laughs> They're going to take over the whole Portage Point where I live. But hey, this is your show, not mine. So, and no, no, it's <laughs> our show, buddy. <laughs> Actually, it's our listeners' show. And right. so, uh, if yes. you uh, have a question or just want to say hi. Or, or brag about your garden. It's two four four one seven 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 or toll free one eight seven seven two nine one eight two five five. And you are welcome to call. We're glad to hear um, what you have to tell us. So in my garden, uh, I mean, I, the rhubarb is up, and the green leaves are about the size of your hand. You know, they're just about that size now. Of course, the garlic is up a good six, you know, maybe eight inches. I mean, it really popped up. Uh, and um, I, I planted, a couple of weeks ago, I planted um, arugula, um, kale. Um, I planted uh, lettuces, radishes, and carrots. And, of course, the carrots won't be up for a little while, but all the rest of those are up and, and looking beautiful. The spinach is looking great. And some of the spinach I planted last fall, that's starting to poke up here and there. Um, of course, the um, those wonderful um, the Egyptian walking onions, those ones, those are up in full force. And we've been pulling those and chopping them up, put them in the, the scallions, basically. They're like scallions. But there's a little bit more of a bulb on those, and those are those have been great. And so we're, you know, just starting, just everything's starting up. And um, I have under lights, I've got uh, onions and uh, a few other things. Some, um, oh, we got a call, Karen. Uh, from is that Hague? Hague, New, New York? York. Yeah, my writing is bad. I'm no, sure. no, no, no. I, it's just uh, Karen. Welcome. Thank you, Peter. It's good to hear your voice again. Well, and thank it's you. Always good to hear Joel. Yeah, for sure. I actually called in last year, and mm-hmm. you helped me immensely in starting up um, some raised beds. Raised beds, yes. Yes, um, I had a wonderful garden, except for the feeding the chipmunks too. <laughs> I like you guys, but anyway, um, I um, used uh, some wonderful organic. Uh, Topsoil and compost yep. from Vermont, yep. even though we're on the yep. other side of the pond here. Yep. But um, I'm wondering this year, what should I do to my soil um, as a second-year mm-hmm. garden? Mm-hmm. Do I need to add more? And if so, I did have some leftover of both topsoil and compost, and I mm-hmm. covered those piles 
um, could I use that if I need to use anything? Oh, for sure. You definitely sh- should use that. But um, what you want to do, though, is also you want to add nutrients, you know, because uh, that's a that's a key ingredient. Uh, the, the compost and all those, those are basically our soil. That's your soil conditioners. That's your organic matter. But you want to add, uh, and I like the ProGrow, um, you know, the Northern Organics. It comes in the blue bag. But any organic fertilizer, and I just stress organic in that there's so many of them now, uh, that there's no reason to use a chemical fertilizer. But mm-hmm. um, I use a, a cup in a 4x4 four four bed, so that's basically a tablespoon per square foot, um, and that's of, the, uh, of a good fertilizer, okay? Okay. And then uh, I use a cup of lime, and you can use dolomite lime or just regular ag lime. Either, either mm-hmm. one is fine. I put in a, a cup of, uh, of uh, sea kelp, uh, sea kelp meal. Uh, mm-hmm. You can use uh, you can use a spray if you prefer. If you have the liquid sea kelp, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And then I use a, a cup of azomite, and azomite is an A, a to Z uh, rock powder. It's a it's a blend of a of a, a number of different rock powders, and uh, this is this is a uh, meant to give you a wider range of. Um, of micronutrients, the rock powders. It's also a soil conditioner, um, but uh, the main the main uh, thing is it's, it gives you a broad spectrum of, of micronutrients. And uh, those four things you should do um, at the beginning of every uh, year. Now, once you've done that, if you read the bag uh, for the ProGrow, you will see it says, you know, so much, uh, so much per week. It'll it'll give you advice as to how much you want to grow for heavy feeders or light feeders or that type of thing. And so you will continue fertilizing throughout the throughout the the season. Okay, weekly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very it, good. So yeah. so these cups. Uh, so these are obviously a. Um, they're um, a powder form or, yep, or such. Yep, that's and right. So, oh. so I can mix that all together. Yep, you sure can. Spread it. Um, spread with. it. How big is your bed? Um, my bed is so nice. Just made eight by. Uh, four by eight. Four by okay. Four so by that's eight, yeah. that would be what I just said times two, because that uh, one cup is sixteen tablespoons. It's a tablespoon per square foot. Okay. So that would be two, you know, uh, two cups of of the um, azomite, two cups of the fertilizer, two cups okay. of the the that lime, two cups of the sea kelp. Same, so that makes it easy. Yeah. And then, of course, you, you know, you can, you don't need to turn the soil, but if you want to, you can fork it just to lighten it up a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and then top it off as you, as you wish, you know, if you need to top it off. Okay. I did fine. cover, um, in the fall, I covered just with leaves. Yeah. Um, yeah. Should I remove those or, or fork those in? No, no, you can fork them in. That's fine. Uh, okay. The only thing about forking them in is it makes your seed bed a little bit uh, difficult to plant in. Now, if you're doing all sets, you know, it won't make any difference. But if you're doing, like, lettuce seeds, you know, want right, to make sure you don't have any leaves in that in the seed okay. bed where, where you're planting those seeds. And, and that's not really too hard to do if you're doing, you know, f- four per square foot in a mm-hmm. grid planting. So... Mm-hmm. 
Okay. What else, that's Karen? Very helpful. Yeah. I think that's that's very helpful. Um, yeah, as you were last year, as I said, my garden <laughs> turned out great. I, no. I had. I just was very amazed. Uh, it's been years since I'd had. Isn't it fun though? Yeah. So, what did you grow? Tomatoes? Let me guess. Uh, oh, definitely tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, eggplant. Oh, really? Um, mm. Carrots, mm-hmm. beans, yeah. lettuce, yeah. all the greens, kale, chards, beets, Brussels. Well, the um, something ate the Brussels and the broccoli yeah. plants yeah. early, and until mm-hmm. we put mm-hmm. up a fence. Yeah. Something <laughs> was, you mean something came in like a deer came in? Yes. Oh, yes. oh. And then we did put up a fence and that uh, resolved that. But then the oh, chipmunks could come under obviously. So, <laughs> yeah. yes. I'm afraid so, there's um, only one solution for chipmunks. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, we won't talk about that. Yes, <laughs> you have to you have to thin the herd. <laughs> right. Uh, well, thank you very much. Oh, well, you're very welcome. Thanks I'm so for calling. I'm happy to hear the show again. Oh, me too. Me too. Right. <laughs> Have a great year. Yep, we will. Uh, Joel, how are we doing? We got anybody else? Or Nope, okay. All right, so... Um, Joel, this was interesting to me, and we had a we had a caller call last year, and uh, he said, "Well, you know, if you have good compost, do you really need anything else? Isn't that just isn't that enough?" And I remember, you know, I kind of equivocated. I wasn't sure. I was thinking about, well, you know, I add fertilizer and azomite and lime every year, and so I'm I'm not just depending on compost. So I kind of equivocated and said, well, yes, maybe, probably, I think so. Um, over the winter, I had a chance to read a book called The Intelligent Gardener, and um, uh, by a guy named Steve Solomon, and another one by um, the, the one of the uh, the crop doctors. Uh, his name is, um, believe it or not, it's uh, Bill McKibben, and he's uh, Bill uh, William uh, the Crop Doc McKibben. So it's not like our Bill McKibben here in Vermont. But anyway, um, so I read these books, and and the one by Steve Solomon is is uh, uh, not entirely tongue-in-cheek. It's a little bit on the on the sarcastic side. And he said, you know, uh, organic farmers and gardeners have been going by the Samoa rule. And I and saw the Samoa rule. Well, the idea is that whatever is going on in your garden, just put Samoa, some more compost on it. And he was saying that that is that's not right, and because you can't really tell what you're missing. So I'll give you an example. I grow a lot of uh, cabbage, kale, broccoli. You know, all of these are are um, heavy feeders, and they require quite a bit of sulfur. Which, of course, we know there's a lot of sulfur of them because, you know, they can be stinky at times when they. So there's a lot of sulfur in them. So when you think of it, you take a head of cabbage out of your garden. You know, it's four or five pounds, whatever. Well, how much, how much sulfur is in that head of cabbage? You know, it, it's, it's sort of minuscule. It's not a lot, but you are taking it out of your garden and you are, you know, consuming it. And then that goes off to the, to the, um, to the septic tank or wherever. So you're not really replacing the sulfur that's in that in that cabbage. 
you know, that you're harvesting. Yes, you know, I compost the leaves, I compost the roots, and, you know, a certain amount of sulfur in there, but the the bulk, the most of it, is I'm actually removing that sulfur from the garden. So I sent the, uh, I said, okay, I, I've got to learn that, I've got to learn more about this. So I sent uh, soil samples. I don't know if you remember, but we had sort of a warm spell in November there, and this is when I was reading the book, and I said, by golly, I can get out, and I can dig some soil. So I did uh, I have an upper garden, a lower garden and I uh, dug up some soil samples and sent them off to um, Logan Labs in Ohio is the one that uh, this uh, Steve Solomon, um, the intelligent gardener, he recommended and uh, and you know, big red letters you know, you're very low on sulfur your pH is very high. It's like five, you know, 7.5. It's very high. Your available nitrogen because of the lack of sulfur is, is a, a problem and you don't have enough potassium. Well, you know, I was a little surprised. Matter of fact, I was a lot surprised that, that there was, it was so extreme, you know, that, that uh, with all that Samoa compost that I've been putting in all these years and all the other stuff, I could be that low in certain things. But as I got to thinking of it and looking at the book where it makes it has these long charts is that, you know, so many pounds of sulfur is lost per acre for cabbage, so many pounds of nitrogen, so many pounds of. And when you start looking at it, even though I'm only a thousand square feet, you know, which is is a fraction of a of an acre, you still can calculate and figure out, well, I'm removing this and that and that. So um, in the soil test, you can order a, a consultation. It's 30 bucks for the consultation. And uh, he, this Bill McKibben was, was very good. He just explained, okay, this is what you're doing. You're removing uh, these elements and you're not replacing them. Mm-hmm. It's just that simple. So I found that very interesting. And now I, I definitely think that a, a soil test for um, is is a very good idea. And yeah, I, I'm doing that every year now to the oh. UVM. Oh, you yeah. Know, yeah they, 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 they have the kit, you send it to them, and they'll yeah. you, the, you can make your judgments accordingly. had a caller who just would, wanted you once again slowly to repeat the additives that oh, you yeah. put okay. in the garden, the teaspoon yeah. of this and a smidgen of that, you know, <laughs> the, way my, the way my grandmother used to bake cake. You know? <laughs> The recipe. <laughs> the recipe, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no problem. So this is, this hands. is in the, this is for every year you want to do this, and this is a minimal amount of fertilizer. So you want to make sure you have uh, enough of the NPK. So I recommend, uh, in, on a four by four, 16 square feet, um, uh, a cup of, uh, uh, good organic fertilizer like ProGrow, um, the blue bag. That's a general one. Uh, a, a cup of uh, lime, like a dolomite lime, if you want, that has a little magnesium in it, which is good. Or just regular ag lime is fine, too. A cup of that. A cup of sea kelp meal. And um, uh, this is one that uh, I like quite a lot, is that it, it's not only um, a lot of uh, macro micronutrients uh, because it's from the sea, it also um, is is shown to be a root growth enhancer. So anything you're putting in the soil after that will be, it, it will help the, the roots grow. So, um, that's a, um, 
So we're, that's one, two, three, and then four was the azomite. Now, azomite is just a commercial name for rock powder. If you can get rock powder and, and more of, of the, um, uh, more of the nurseries are, are carrying that, you know, uh, like our, uh, Agway or, or Blue Seal Feeds, all of them are, are carrying different kinds of rock powder, but most of them have a four pound bag of azomite. And I checked this out just a few weeks ago when I went to buy a bag myself. I wanted to make sure that they had it because last year I mentioned this and people said, gee, there's no such thing. And they gave them a questioning look. And so anyway, hopefully they have these four pound bags of azomite. If not, any kind of rock powder will work. So that's the four things. How much? That's a cup of each. Okay. And that's like a tablespoon per square foot. So that's the a fertilizer, organic fertilizer, one cup, one cup of uh, uh, lime, one cup of sea kelp, and one cup of uh, rock powder, like an azomite. A to Z, A to Z rock powder is what that that sort of stands for. And there's a lot of places you can get the rock powder now. Um, you know, certainly online, and uh, um, that's a you know this is a good general. Good general uh, um, additives for for the bed in the beginning of the year. Now that's uh, yeah, we got a call. Yep, uh, Francis with a question. Here. Oh, hey Francis, welcome. You Thank got a you. Que- you have a question for us? Yes, I do. Uh, I know you've talked about this many times before, <laughs> but uh, this is my first time. That well, Francis, started. I have five kids, so I'm really used to repeating <laughs> myself, so don't worry about it. <laughs> I actually train people to drive school bus, so I oh. repeat myself a lot, too. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. <laughs> Eyes on the road. <laughs> yep, that's right. What so, can I help uh, you with? Okay, uh, this is the first year I'm going to try to do it right with container gardening. Oh, yeah. And I was wondering what, you you always give us a formula, and I forgot what that formula was. Oh, okay. Um, it's uh, in the in the garden basics when I talk about, uh, um, uh, when you say container gardening, do you mean in like a plastic container or in a box, in a wooden box? In a, in a plastic container. Oh, okay, yeah. They're, well, they're, they're the general colors. rule of thumb for, for quote-unquote perfect soil is uh, the one-third each, uh, peat moss, vermiculite, and compost. And that's a good basic uh, growing medium, okay? And that's a good basic growing medium, and that's basically what they use in the nurseries for all their potted plants and and for their seed starts and all the rest. And those that's... That's a good growing medium. You will need um, either, you know, some sort of fertilizer in there um, if you're growing. What kind of box are you using? Uh, like an uh, earth box or uh, the ones no, from you Walmart? Know those tote boxes you use for like mucking out horses. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you need to have some drainage, right? In right. The bo- bottom yep. of those. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so and. Uh, so there's no water reservoir at the bottom of that, right? No, there isn't. Okay, so you will have to you will have to uh, water fairly frequently, you know, mm-hmm. just to make sure you have enough water. You have to make sure it has drain holes in the bottom so you don't have a swamp or anything brackish at the bottom. And mm-hmm. you will need to fertilize on a, you know, probably a biweekly basis because every time you water, you're going to some of that the nutrients are going to leach out. 
And, uh, I, of course, you know, the, the founder and godfather of In the Garden is, uh, um, Ed Smith, and he has an absolutely fantastic book you can get at the library called Container Gardening, you know, the Bible. And, uh, that's a great book on con- containers because it, it, really covers every kind of container there is. So uh, make sure you take that out of the library and, and give it a shot. Take a look at it. Um, okay. So the when you're filling that, you know, one-third, 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 that'll give you a perfect soil. That's your perfect growing medium. And then okay. you want to use a both a slow... Um, a, a slow decomposing, you know, um, sort of time release fertilizer. And then you may even want to, for a container, um, hit your, hit your plants every other week with a, with regular, um, uh, liquid fish, uh, fertilizers. Um, that, that will keep everything, uh, well fertilized in a container like that, which is sort of limited to, to how much fertilizer, how much nutrients it can hold. And uh, what kind of fertilizer would you recommend? Oh, the ProGrow. That's a great one. ProGrow, just like yeah. you were talking yep. about. Yep. Yeah, same same thing. Put that in, you know, a, table, a tablespoon per square foot of your container, you know, you know, roughly, uh, just to start with. And that's sort of a slow release, you know. That's not a fast release. So you want to hit the hit your plants with the, um, the fish fertilizer every, every couple of weeks. And that should... That should give you plenty of nutrients in there. Okay, great. Okay. And uh, again, those rhododendrons are doing very good with that fresh <laughs> fish fertilizer you told me about. Last that year. is great. I'm really glad to hear that. I, you know, I I looked around the last fall and I realized that my rhododendron were looking a little soggy, and I was thinking, what the heck did I tell him to do? <laughs> so <laughs> now you know. <laughs> I'm glad to know that worked because that's what I did too. <laughs> Good. Oh, Lordy. Well, um, good. All right. Anything else, buddy? No, that'll be all. Thank you so much. So what are you planting in those containers? I don't know yet. What's the easiest thing to start growing besides radishes? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, do you like salads, lettuce, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, If you're doing a container, you could put some lettuce sets right in there right now. And, uh, okay. and if you use leaf lettuce, then you'll be able to harvest those leaves, each leaf, you know, if you put, I usually do, um, I usually do, uh, uh, two squares, um, uh, or three squares and I'll put, uh, four per square foot. Um, you know, you can, you can go, uh, pretty close on those uh, leaf lettuces. If you want a head lettuce, well, this is not the time of year. You'd probably want to do the head lettuce a little bit later. But okay. I'd stay with the leaf lettuce because that way you can just, you can pick, uh, four or five leaves off each head, each plant, and just mm-hmm. keep it coming. And, and, uh, I do the same with the Boston, the bib lettuce, and with, the, like, a black seeded Simpson, you know, something like that. But mm-hmm. you could go get, uh, um, you know, a couple of six packs of lettuces right now. Put them in there, and they'd be happy as could be. Oh, good, good. And you have them to eat with your radishes. Yes. <laughs> arugula, you can do arugula now. Um, if you like that in your salads, uh, then there's, uh, oh, boy, there's just lots of, of things we can grow early on here. 
Um, if you like uh, kale in your lettuces, baby kale, um, you can do uh, uh, mustard greens. Small mustard greens when you clip them are delicious. Um, and uh, besides the radishes, uh, oh, plant spinach. By golly, yeah, absolutely. Plant spinach right now. So you'll have okay. a, a happy uh, container. Okay, good. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> good luck. Let me know how it goes. Okay, I guess we're going to take a break, and uh, I'll see you on the other side. Dandelion Acres is a beautiful garden center in central Vermont where you can find gorgeous flowering hanging baskets, annuals, perennials, trees, and shrubs. They also have an extensive selection of vegetables, fruit trees, and berry bushes and can also offer helpful advice to make your growing season a success. There's pottery, garden furniture, statuary, and decor from the whimsical to the sublime. Dandelion Acres Garden Center is in Bethel, Vermont. Go to dandelionacres.com for current operating hours and COVID caveats. The program is In the Garden, and the telephone number is 244-1777. And once again, here's Peter Burke. Hey, Joel. So um, uh, just to go back to the idea of um, the soil test and what you're losing in each time you, you harvest, um, it's, uh, it's an interesting idea that I kind of, uh, well, I realize that, that you have a similar situation in your own, you know, physical human body. Um, more or less, you, you think of good old Captain Cook when he finally figured out that the, his crew needed uh, vitamin C, you know, in the form of limes and all that kind of st- stuff. That that basically one small vitamin, one small uh, nutrient missing could affect um, could affect uh, the body uh, immensely, you know. Um, uh, you know, I, for instance, uh, for, you know, for a human being, vitamin D for a lot of us up here in the north where there isn't a lot of sun, very important nutrient. Um, sometimes vitamin B12 is uh, an important nutrient. Um, you know, so small amounts of, of, uh, certain elements can be, uh, uh, very important, you know, and so it's, we see that in, in our, you know, in our body and for our health. And it's the same thing is true for, for the garden health. Um, you know, and I've often read about, well, if you, if your broccoli has a, a hollow core in the stem, it means you have a, a boron deficiency. And it's interesting because when I look at the, the, uh, of a fertilizer, you know, a basic fertilizer mix, um, that <laughs> it's like a teaspoon of borax, you know, which is 10% borax, is, uh, is all you need for a thousand square feet. I mean, that's like a, basically a pinch per bed, you know, this is a very, very small amount, but it makes a big difference. So, um, uh, that's why when I did the soil test, I did the, you know, the whole broad spectrum test to try everything out just to see what it was like. Hey, we got a call. Eric in Grand Isle. Welcome. What's going on? Hi. <laughs> You're in the banana that? belt there, right? <laughs> What's up? Uh, let's see the way that I like to instruct people getting here. Turn right on to... Town Line Road. Okay. 
stop before you go down the hill. Yeah. Pull off into the hay field and observe Mount Mansfield, the Bolton <laughs> Mountain, to Camel's Hump, the Crouching Lion, Mount Aid. <laughs> That's the horizon line. You're overlooking it's... the great inland sea and the west coast of Vermont. Absolutely. I, you remember a few years ago when... Uh, when our senator decided he wanted uh, Lake Champlain plain to be one of the great lakes, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's certainly a great place. There's no question about it. And, uh, we, we, uh, my wife and I love that drive up, uh, on Route 2 across the, across the, uh, the bridge at Sandbar. And, uh, we go up there to a couple different places and it's, uh, it's definitely a piece of heaven for sure. Yeah. So, um, you, what do you garden with up there, Eric? Um, I have some uh, blackberry canes that are in the front yard. Yeah. And that's the basis for my question. Yeah. What's the care they should need in the spring? Do you need to rake off the leaf mulch you have? And mm-hmm. what type of fertilizer or simply your four-part mix? Um, for them, for that one, I, I would recommend the holly tone that you get at the at the store because they want a slightly acid, slightly more acid than the. Um, uh, and this is where a, a soil test might help you is just to check the acidity because um, you'll have more problems with them if if it's not acidic enough. Um, if you don't want to bother with that, just use the holly tone, which is made specifically for acid-loving berries, uh, blueberries, uh, uh, blackberries, uh, raspberries, all of those. And just use the rate on the package. It tells you so much per square foot, and it's probably if they're if you have them in a line, if um, then you can just put them put the fertilizer right in a line on the root zones, on the, you know on either side of the root zone. And that should really take care of you. Um, I assume that you cut them down, cut them back uh, uh, in the fall. And if you didn't, then you should you should shorten them up so they're maybe uh, three feet or, or maybe chest high, because uh, particularly black blairs, they'll grow seven eight feet easily and then tip over and then and generally you'll have a smaller berry. What's been your experience so far with your black? Blackberries. The first year I've been residence at the apartment and just needed to know about. Oh, yeah. You've given me a good indication too. The yeah. fall there is when the the cut back of yeah. occur. But if if they haven't been cut back, go the ahead and cut them back now. I'm familiar with that uh, for um, rhododendrons and also yep. for yep. Uh, hyacinth. Mm-hmm. And I look for the uh, the berry care on on our package of polytone. Yeah. Yep, that that'll do it, and that's I use that on my blueberries every year, and uh, I have neglected my blackberries, but they look like they need it, so this year I'm gonna uh, uh, put that on there for for sure. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to a good blueberry blackberry season. Anything yes, else? What's going on otherwise, Eric? You got any other? Yeah, I had uh, one other question. Yep, go ahead. And that uh, that has to do with composting. Yeah. And what you might recommend for uh, a worms or how to acquire, where to acquire. Um, 
This is the the easiest answer that I can give you is just make sure that your your bin is on the ground. And if it's on the ground, you know, even if it's on a grassy spot, uh, the worms will find it. You know, it's one of those, if you build it, they will come. Um, the I don't really like uh, buying the the worms for them because they're um, they're a breed that's not native. Generally, what you're buying, and uh, I I think you're better off with your native species uh, of worms because the other ones can have a voracious appetite and sometimes will uh, um, out eat and outgrow the uh, just your regular old earthworms. So I wouldn't, I won't worry about that a bit. Um, if you go dig in your garden or if you're turning over rocks, just grab some of the night crawlers and stick them in there. They'll be happy as could be. Um, but just stay with the, you know, with what you got right there. They'll, it'll come. Don't worry about sure. it. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I, I mean, I'm so certain of this that, so when I dig up my compost, I will see a, a you know, a, at least a grapefruit-sized ball of worms in there, and I never bought any worms or put them in. I, I've seen them very happy in the compost bin, even overwintering in the compost bin. And, uh, you know, surprisingly enough, the old earthworms, regular old earthworms, do very, very well in the compost bin. They love regular old paper and all that other stuff. So good luck with that. Go for it. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks very much. Okay, yeah, Eric, that, call again. That's when a, you- a great outlook to just place it on the ground. I can cut the bottom out of my Absolutely. coat of red wigglers and let them go. They will all come. The Absolutely. Yep. Crawlers. All right. Well, we got another call, Eric. Uh, we're going to go on to Mary in Starksboro. Hi. Hey, hey, Mary. I have a question about ProGrow. I used it last fall when mm-hmm. I was planting some flower bulbs. Yep. And I put them underneath and planted them, and then a rodent came and dug them all up. Mm. And he didn't eat the bulbs, but he did kind of take the progrow, I think, but I'm not sure. <laughs> so I've been reluctant to put it into any garden that's on the ground, because I'm afraid that my hard work's going to be... Have you ever had that problem? Do you have any suggestions? Well, there was one year... Uh that what was it, Joel? It was was it skunks that was coming? And there was something in the progrow that absolutely was was uh, attracting uh, some some animals. But I don't think they're using that anymore. But the the fact is is that those guys are actually attracted to your bulbs, and then they're thinking, oh, look at the cherry on top here. Look at this stuff down there, and they will eat a lot of that too. I, I, that's, I have the same problem with my dog, is when I use a fertilizer, she'll say, huh, what is that? She may not eat it, but she'll dig around and sniff around. So I, I've sort of trained her to stay the heck out of the beds, you know. But, um, the, what some people, and this is just one of the, the ideas, um, uh, we actually stopped growing tulips because we just couldn't keep them. The the chipmunks just absolutely went after them, and if the chipmunks didn't get them, the voles did because uh, it's a tasty treat. Um, so, uh, uh, and is that what you were planting? Was tulips or was it uh, well, daf- no, daffodils no, it was, or? It was it was other um, bulbs. They were uh, daffodils and. Uh-huh. But anyhow, um, and the, I'm not worried about the flower bulbs anymore. I'm worried about my vegetable garden. Yeah, vegetable garden. And then I don't. Talking. I don't want my vegetable garden work to go to waste. Um, 
if I just mix it in, there shouldn't be a problem? Do you should think? not be a problem if you just mix it in. I, I like to mix it in, uh, figuring that the first six inches is where you want all your nutrients. And uh, and anytime you're putting a fertilizer in, and I actually didn't mention that, is that it's a good thing just to just take a fork or a rake and rake it in so that it's, right. you know, in that top six inches. The other thing that I've heard about bulbs, and we kind of gave up on the, the tulips. That was the only one that, that we were losing was the tulips, uh, the, the lilies and the daffodils and... Um, all of those seem to, to be fine. Uh, is that if you take, um, uh, so like an eggshell or something that's a little bit sharp, like, uh, um, is, is it oyster meal or, uh, sure. diatomaceous earth or anything like that that sort of has a, a sharpness to it? Um, and uh, uh, put that at the bottom of the, not only is it a good nutrient, but it's also, um, and and so that may be all. For the most part, bulbs don't need a lot of fertilizer. Right. Um, you know, well, in that case, I'd be more inclined to just use a good compost and and put that in and not not use the fertilizer right. on the bulbs. I probably won't use it again on the bulbs, but I do want to use it on the vegetable garden. Oh yeah, I'll just absolutely. Try it. I'll give you a call if the skunk comes around to the vegetable garden. <laughs> Would you? I bet. All right. <laughs> okay, Thanks Mary. So much. Thanks Bye-bye. for the call. I appreciate it. Um, now we have Stephen Montpelier. Hey, Stephen. Hi. Um, I have a question. Yeah. A couple of years ago, we had these things I used to call snake worms. Yeah. And they were big, huge worms. Yeah. And I was wondering if we can expect those to come back this year. Uh, I I recognize those more as a night crawler. I mean, well, they're very large and aggressive. Uh huh. What color are they? Are they just regular worm color? Or are they sort of red? Yeah, just regular worm color. But okay. they have they're sort of square and pointed. Square pointed. It still sounds like a night crawler to me. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, I I mean I'll I'll look it up and see if I can see. Um, you don't you didn't take any pictures of them at all, right? No, this was and a we, couple of years ago. And when you say long, are you talking like twelve inches long or no, eight inches long? long? No. Yeah. no, not that long. Okay, maybe right. six inches at the oh, most. Okay, yeah, you're just talking about a regular night crawler. Okay. Or, or just a very big worm. You know, I, I get ones like that all the time in my garden. And if you had them once, you will definitely should have them every year right, right along. Okay. They, they're doing their job. God bless the earthworm and the night right. roller. <laughs> well, isn't it true that the glacier eliminated them and then they came back from somewhere? <laughs> well, that was a little before my time, but I think that's that's what they say is that it did it. It did. I think all of our worms are European worms. <laughs> that's what I've heard, but it's hard to believe, honestly. It's uh, they must have had something, certainly something that was here that was you know crawling, creeping, crawling in the earth because it's such a incredible uh, you know basic part of the ecosystem that that I would just tend to believe there was something. Maybe it was a red worm or a different kind of worm or, you know, who knows. But, yeah, the, the worm capsules came over in the manure with the, uh, of, the, um, of the animals that, that were brought over here. Uh, but, you know, travel is, and carrying stuff is uh, all around the globe is pretty much a, a human trait. And, and right. So I, uh, you know, we'll just sort of work with what we got right now. 
But that's okay. one of the reasons I, I was mentioning, if you heard earlier, about the not importing worms for your compost bin. Just right. just let the worms here. The, they'll they'll definitely take over. No problem. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah, sure. Did I answer your question? You did. Oh, okay. What do you? Uh, what's your garden like now? Well, it's just grass right now, and, and my my wife's flowers. <laughs> my you... wife Linda's all the flower baskets in Montpelier. Oh, fantastic! About 180 of them. Or so, oh 100, my goodness! 120 flower baskets was, and all the planters. Was that the first word? Was rats or rafts of? What did you say? Rafts of flowers? No, the baskets. Yeah. And the barrels in Montpelier. Oh, okay. All right. Good. Good. Quite a few of them. Oh, super. Yeah. Those are. And she's been doing that for about thirty years. Oh, well, you tell her thank you for me because I just absolutely love them. It's just so nice to see in the city. Yeah. Well, they won't be there till June. <laughs> okay. Well, I plan to enjoy them in June then. <laughs> All right. All right. Good. Thank you. Uh, did you say we have another call, Lars in Marshfield? Hey, Lars. Hello. Happy spring. Welcome back. Yeah, happy spring. <laughs> uh, several years ago, the Jacob Library had a program on snake worms. They're oh, really? really in, they're really invasive. Uh, I think, think generally they're like about eight inches or uh, so. They're pretty uh, big, and they'll eat other worms. They'll decimate your earthworms. And they, uh, one way you can tell is they move like a snake. So if you touch them, they wiggle all around. Oh, they, there you go. They don't go around and, you know, uh, get limp or, you know. Well, they sure like. sounded like regular old night crawlers. But, so they're, they're actually a different species than night crawlers and regular earthworms. Huh. Yeah, they're, wait, wait just one second. What? They, uh, they, they're notorious for eating the understory in the, in the woods. Uh huh. They, uh, uh-huh. they can come into gardens and so on and, and just, uh-huh. you know, eat, eat the nurse nutrients out of there and other worms and, uh, they're very invasive huh. and, uh, as of several years ago, the state really didn't know how to get rid of them, you know, so, yeah. but it's, uh, so there is such a thing as a snake worm. I don't know whether that person. Well, has thanks, them or Lars. Not. I appreciate your your uh, uh, your input there because uh, I. Uh, there you go. I just learned something today. The snake worm. I guess I'm gonna have to do a little uh, research and uh, uh, and take a look, see what I got. Yeah, I'm sure the state or UVM. Uh, uh, has information on it, um, you know, because yep. it, it was a, a big deal uh, several years ago, and I think yeah. it's still, I think it still is a big deal. <laughs> and I sort of, I thought that was the red worm that they were talking about that the people buy and bring in to their compost bins. That wasn't the red worm then. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. It's okay. not the red worm. This is something else, and I'm not sure how they got into Vermont, but. You're here. <laughs> well, I mean, you just you just take a. Oh, okay. I've got some pictures here. Oh, they look like little snakes, don't they? Hoo-hoo. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, okay. And I think they also have a tendency. They can get if if like a bird comes to them. I, if I remember correctly from the program, they can get stiff. Is so that right? They, so it, it, the birds aren't attracted to them. You know, it's like a, they look like a. They, 
a stick. They're hard like a stick. Like a stick, yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, if I remember goodness. it correctly. One more know. invasive species we need to worry about, Lars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, what's Thanks going for the good here? news there, buddy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I'll try to give oh. us a full report on the, the ominous snake worm uh, next week. So listen in. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if only the uh, if only they ate the 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 tomato the great horn tomato worm then we'd be all set right. <laughs> all right, we got Dave in Pittsfield. Do you want to take a break or do you want Dave? Dave, okay, Dave, welcome. Hi, good morning. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How about yourself? I'm not doing too bad at all. Hey, so this morning I took my boys out and we visited my favorite little secret spot and picked the first of, of the spring leaks. They oh. weren't very large, of course, but we oh, had to yeah. get out there and, yeah. and root around and smell. Oh, that's um, great. And so we, we, I don't know, we picked a handful and, yeah. and moved along. But mm-hmm. I was curious, is there any likelihood or percentage that they can be transplanted? Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. Absolutely. And so that would just be, you know, you know, removing them as gently as possible, yeah. leaving as many of the roots, and, yep. just, put, and just transplanting them no. uh, probably in, in similar conditions? No question about it. Yeah, you go for it. Well, just ask Great. Joel. He did that with his uh, his, uh, his ferns there, and, the, and those, those have taken off. So if you have the right kind of uh, spot for them, yeah, absolutely, transplant them. Uh, they're they're very hardy and and certainly uh, they they will grow hale and hardy no question about it. All right, that's perfect. Okay. All right. right. All right. Well, thank Let you us very know. Much. We'll be over for soup uh, later. Uh, all right. No, no, no doubt. All right, all right thank Dave. You. Thanks. <laughs> so we have Ted in Shelburne. All right, Ted. Welcome aboard. What you got going? Yes. Thank you. Well, I was. Uh Partly a reminder to people that, uh, and I was, I will congratulate myself for preparing soil and getting some compost in it and getting my onion plants, which I had started from seed, yeah. into the soil before they got rained in, which was just a beautiful <laughs> bit of timing. <laughs> that is good timing. And yeah, you got um, rain and not snow, Ted? <clears throat> yeah, this is Shelburne here. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. The banana actually, belt, go ahead and brag. I, yesterday afternoon, actually, I was out getting rained on a little bit, and it was not really, it was a little uh, a little body to the raindrop. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Totally splash, but anyhow, yeah, and because I've done it the other way, one year I, it was rainy or whatever, and I kind of didn't get the onions in in a timely manner. Hmm. And they do their growth on the, is it length of days or whatever? That's but, right, yeah. But you don't get away with planting them late and having them grow on a lot longer. They mm-hmm. have a, mm-hmm. a stop date, more or less. So, yeah, that's right. So timely, timely is good. It is good. And, mm-hmm. and, of course, the garlic is coming. And actually, with that warm weather, asparagus mm. I had uncovered, and I have had the first bit of asparagus to oh. eat already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I remember we were talking about uh, asparagus last year. Is that you know how can I get a, another harvest uh, from the asparagus? And uh, I found out that if you let one of your beds just keep growing and don't harvest them, if you cut the whole thing down in in July, uh, they'll give you a, another harvest of spears in another I, two or three weeks. I have heard that you can choose your six or eight weeks of harvest. Yeah. At 
the time of your choice. Uh, the time of your choice, yeah. Bed or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it can work that way for yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I will let you be free here for your last part of the show, <laughs> and I will check in later with... Let me uh, let me say thanks, Ted. I appreciate the call. Great. This has been great. Uh, it's nice to get going again in the garden. And uh, um, yeah, I I appreciate your calls and welcome them for sure. And uh, if you want uh, more information on any kind of thing, just let me know, and I'll I'll be back with a report on snake worms and see if that's a problem for us. <laughs> And uh, other than that, uh, this is a good time to plant. Uh, so just look at your seed package, and it says plant as soon as the soil can be worked. If you've got garden beds, that means as soon as the snow, snow is gone, you can you can start planting. I planted a couple of weeks ago, like I mentioned, and those are all coming up except for the carrots. They're a little slower coming. But, um, yeah, and uh, peas, you want to plant your peas. And all of those things are, are um, uh, plantable now. So it's a good time to get started. Um, and uh, if you haven't planted your, if you plan to plant sets, uh, you can start with your, almost all of your, your tomatoes and, and uh, uh, peppers and eggplants and all those right about now. It's just a perfect time. That way they won't be too large by the time you put them in. Uh, a good set is really only about six inches tall. You don't want a two-foot tomato or anything like that. They grow better if they're a little shorter. Um, but all of them want to grow no matter how big or how tall or how skinny or how fat. They they want to grow. And uh, that was uh, my wife was worried about something early on. And uh, we were at Kate Farm, and uh, Richard Wiswall said, just remember, Deb, these things want to grow, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> try not to worry too much about it because your plants want to grow. I don't know why mine always want to commit suicide before harvest, but that's a, that's a totally other a different story. Well, you, you have them uh, uh, pitted against the samurai chipmunks there. That, that's right. And yeah. that might have something to do with it. I, well, maybe the, maybe the snake worms will eat those chipmunks. <laughs> there you go. Uh, probably not the other way around. <laughs> Well, no, uh, let's see. Well, uh, oh, it's not the voles, it's the moles that are meat eaters. Mm -hmm. So you want to import your moles <laughs> to eat the meat. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, those voles really know how to dig around. Oh, man. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that, I, you know, I, I couldn't, I can't help but feel the pain of, of, uh, our caller talked about uh, her, her, um, you know the those sets being eaten up, the bulbs being eaten up. Uh, so, yeah. uh, that's so disappointing. It re really is. Well, we're about to close, but we have one more call. Let's see. Oh, okay. It, All right. It, thanks. But for us, this will be the final caller. All right. And I guess that the preceding was the final caller. Okay. <laughs> well, Joel, as usual, it's uh, so good to see you and be here with you. And we will be back next week, right? No Red Sox? No, next week in the garden. Red Sox today at 3 o'clock, the way God intended, so we get the whole program in. And we'll get a little music beforehand. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care. Inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, 
Someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. In the Garden today has been brought to you by Menard's family-owned True Value Store, Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. These Flowers and Garden Shop, Main Street in Waitsfield. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, Main Street in Colchester. By your locally owned Montpelier Agway Farm and Garden on East Montpelier Road. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber in Middlesex, St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton and Derby. Sticksandstuff.com By Guy's Farm and Yard Stores in Morrisville, Montpelier, Williston and St. Albans. By PNR Lumber, family-owned lumber mill with all the lumber, mulch and compost you need. Route 15 in Wolcott. By the Willie's Store in Greensboro, celebrating over 120 years of family ownership. By Dandelion Acres Garden Center, Vermont Route 107 in Bethel. And by Poly Construction, a contractor you can trust. One call does it all. Gregory Drive in South Burlington. Do join us again next Saturday at 1230 for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile.